0: Hey, welcome to the podcast for the Kelly Cutrera Show. Tuesday, December the 8th, we got a good one for you, my friends. Jeff Thompson from the Canadian Anti Fraud Center will highlight the most popular scams that you should be aware of during the holiday season. And Tyler Stewart, Bare Naked Ladies drummer, drops by the show to talk about why some heavyweights like Bob Dylan are offloading their music catalogs. But first, I'd like to welcome to the show Ellie Karp. He's the lawyer acting for the Canadian Appliance Source, who are challenging. The government on closing down their store during uh, lockdown welcome to the show good to have you on
1: thank you so much
0: okay so why are you going to court today
1: uh we're asking the court today for a declaration that uh, canadian Appliance source is a hardware store within the definition of the ontario regulation that allows uh hardware stores to stay open during the lockdown
0: okay do they do they sell like hammers nails tools
1: uh, no, they only sell appliances. And the question becomes, what is a hardware store? Uh, if you look at Home Depot, they sell um, appliances too. If you look at Lowe's, they sell appliances too. And Home Hardware sell appliances too. But the the argument is a little bit more nuanced than that. And it's because the federal government and the Ontario government, both of them decided earlier in the lockdown that appliances and equipment necessary for the essential running of houses and businesses are essential, like fridges, stoves, things like that. And the legislation under the uh, Reopening Ontario Act is supposed to reflect that essential businesses can stay open. So it's our position that Ontario intended that we'd be allowed to stay open.
0: Okay, and they set a precedent you're saying back in March because um, Canadian Appliance Source was allowed to stay open in the first lockdown. That's right. Okay, so now uh, how many of these, because uh, I understand it's a chain, Canadian Appliance Stores, ha- ha- source, how many stores are does your client own?
1: Uh, there's 29 stores across Canada.
0: And how many are in lockdown?
1: Um, well, in, in at least four that I know of.
0: Okay, so you are going to court to argue that they set precedent in March, you should be allowed to open. I mean, th- you're clearly one of those people that are caught in the situation where, uh, you're looking at big box stores that are selling um, goods that you sell, and you're saying, I should be able to do the same, or at least your client is, as an independent retailer. Do you see this as a stepping stone for other businesses that are in lockdown?
1: Uh, I do not. It, it's, it's a very discrete issue, and I wouldn't describe it as, you know, we're selling items that big box stores are selling, and we ought to be able to do the same. It's a much more uh, discrete and specific issue, and that is what is the definition of hardware? So, you know, there's other legislation, for example, um, you know, is a mushroom a vegetable, that type of those type of cases. It's have a fungi. Yeah, exactly. But but, you know, courts have held that for the purposes of, you know, for example, employment standards legislation, a mushroom is a vegetable, even though it's actually not a vegetable. Do You know what I mean? Because the point is that vegetable growers are supposed to have certain protections. And even if you grow a mushroom, it's still it's still the same.
0: Couldn't your client just buy a bunch of hammers and nails and open their doors?
1: I mean, maybe that's a plan B. But I don't know if that's—I um, don't know. If, you know, our position is is that we're not fighting Ontario. Mm-hmm. Our position is is that we're fighting with the bylaw officers, and uh, Ontario uh, intends that we be allowed to open because it's clear that appliances are essential, and Ontario wants you to be able to sell essential essential items during the lockdown.
0: I just want to make something very clear. Although your client is arguing in court that he should be allowed to open as an essential service. Canada Appliance Stores has been shut down, correct? Because I, I have that's heard right. of some appliance stores opening up.
1: Um, well, um, we're shut down. Okay. And we, so I mean, are that's, not one of those. That's the, that's the purpose of, of today's court hearing is to ask the court uh, to interpret the legislation in a way which is consistent with other legislation that the government has you know, put out and other guidance uh, in terms of it being an essential service. Um, you know, try to operate your house without a hammer. You may be able to do it. Try to operate your, your house without without a stove. Forget it.
0: Yeah, you can use a level as a hammer. I saw that on the Red Green that. Show once.
1: How um I use my shoe?
0: <laughs> you can also open a wine bottle with a shoe. I just want you to know it's a very, it's you'll a very show, important skill. you have to skill.
1: show me how to do that.
0: Oh, I can uh, teach you a few things about opening a wine bottle. How early could you have a ruling?
1: Um, it could have come out as early as today, I, you know, depending on, you know, the the arguments and how the court, whether it wants to write along the decision or wants to give an endorsement right away.
0: Okay. And if not, are you uh, willing to take this to a, a higher court?
1: I'm I'm not thinking about the next level yet.
0: Okay. All right. Well, you're probably still stuck on how do I open a wine bottle with my shoe?
1: Yeah, I'm thinking about it right now.
0: <laughs> okay. Ellie, thanks for being a good sport. I really appreciate your time today.
1: Okay, thanks so much.
0: All right, best of luck. Uh, the lawyer acting for Canadian Appliance Stores, Ellie Carp. This is a very busy time for fraudsters, and so the Anti-Fraud Centre is warning us about the 12 most common frauds during the holiday season Here um, and scams. Here to talk about it, Jeff Thompson from the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. Jeff, welcome to the show. It's always great to have you on.
2: Thanks for having me back.
0: All right, so let's run through them. I know you uh, put together a list, you know, it's like a, a playoff, the 12 days of Christmas, the 12 yeah. uh, scams of Christmas, and things to look out for. Where do you start? Do you go, uh, I guess you start at number one, and then you keep going? You yeah, five, yeah I, mean, of course.
2: I mean, in the interest of time, we can we can join a couple of them here together, you know, so when it comes to, like, counterfeit merchandise, selling goods and services online and online shopping, you know, here we're talking about buying and selling goods online, mm-hmm. you know, so it's it's looking out for huge, flashy discount deals, you know, that are typically, you know, too good to be true. Often cases, they might direct you to websites that look and feel like a legitimate manufacturer or brand, you know. Uh, if you do receive product that's inferior or, or likely counterfeit, you know, be careful, it can pose significant risks uh you know and and then selling goods online beware of um you know fraud payments you know people paying with stolen or compromised credit cards larger than normal orders uh urgent requests you know um and then you know when you're buying online it's it's always if you don't receive anything at all. Uh, you know, it's important to to use pr- uh, protective payment methods, right? So using a, a credit card to make your purchases. So, you, you know, credit cards have fraud protection policies so, so you can dispute the charges and, and potentially get refunds.
0: Is there ever a fear of using the credit card just in case it's, a, it's you know, fraudster behind that website and now they have your credit card number? Because a lot of times what I'm finding is they're like, I need those three digits on the back of the card.
2: Yeah, I mean. So, so, if your, your card is compromised through an online scam, your bank, again, your banks or, or the FIs and the credit card companies will, will protect you to some extent, right? There, there are processes that you have to go through that uh, that you were compromised, that you were uh, defrauded. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, some people also have, you know, a credit card set aside just for online purchases, right? Um, so, I mean, it, it is, there is fraud protections that are inherent with credit cards, but, you know, there's other payment mechanisms that you can use, but again, you want to use one that for some sort of fraud protection.
0: Okay, so those are the first two scams to look out for. Number three,
2: fake charities. You know, it's uh, this time of the year, everybody's in a sort of that giving mood. So it's uh, knowing who you're you're dealing with, knowing who you're donating to. Um, you know, I always say, donate to to somebody lo- locally, right? You know, and do your research, look up to make sure that it's, a, it's a verified Canadian charity. You know, register with the Canada Revenue Agency. How do you look um, that up? So right on the Canada Revenue Agency website, there, there's a there's a link you can find to to search for a list of charities to see if they're registered in Canada.
0: Okay, that's good. That's important information for sure. And so you yeah. click on there, you find out if it's registered. Make sure the name matches up because I'm sure people play around with how things are you know listed, hoping that a spelling inaccuracy you won't spot.
2: That's right. Yeah. And again, if if you're in doubt, you know, uh, go with your gut. Don't donate. And you know, you know. J- just like in our community, there's there's multiple uh, charities looking for donations or assistance this time of the year, and you can always donate locally.
0: Okay. Um, they also, it's a lonely time of year, Christmas, especially with COVID going on. So, there. You, number four on your twelve scams to be aware of during the holiday season: romance scams. What do they look like?
2: So typically fraudsters will create uh, fake profiles online, so social media websites, dating websites, um, you know, and again, soliciting people looking for love or looking for companionship. Uh, And just in in COVID-19, we've seen a surge in these as well as as a result of people being sort of isolated and, and again alone, right, like you're saying. Um, so, it's you know, watch for situations where they're escalating the race, relationship quickly. Uh, watch for situations where there's you know, every time you try and meet them in person, there's always an excuse uh, they can't come, and eventually, there's going to be that request for cash. So, if you've never met somebody in person, we, we never recommend you send money or you pay. Um, but they're very good at playing on people's emotions, right? They're, they're going to make you feel like you're in love, they're going to tell you everything you want to hear uh again they're going to be traveling abroad they're never going to have a chance to meet you there's always an excuse um and then they got every reason in the book to ask you for money Uh, and if you've never met them it's not something uh we can recommend you you do you know you shouldn't be sending money to people you have never met
0: all right so number five is online shopping and uh, you're talking about the making sure people are genuine sellers and we've already been through that so let's talk about phishing emails and texts
2: yeah, I mean, this is another big uh, big category this time of the year, and, and, and throughout the year, we've seen just an increase in phishing emails over the COVID period as well. Uh, you know, again, it's it's an email or a text message we're seeing more frequently as well, looking like it's coming from a legitimate institution, like it's going to be from your bank or your telephone company, your hydro company, uh, and even more so today, we see Amazon or Netflix or sort of these online e-commerce retailers, right? Um, anywhere you can basically have a username and password to log into a website, the, the you know the the scammers are using these uh, organizations to try and fish your credentials. At the end of the day, so you will get an email that looks like it's coming from saying, you know, uh, we're updating our records, uh, or please see attached or click on the attached link to confirm your order. Um, you know, so if, it, it, if there's something suspicious about it, if it's not normal, if you haven't placed an order, uh, you know, nobody's going to send you an email, no legitimate organization is going to send you an email, ask you to click on a link to update your personal and financial information.
0: Number seven is one that really leans on the holidays and people trying to get festive and, and maybe trying to uh, actually uh, link up to something that is, you know, a semblance of normal during this uh, pandemic. It's the Secret Santa
2: Yeah, yeah. So here we're getting into um, multi-level marketing, pyramid-type scams, um, you know, so the idea being, you know, you you buy a gift and and you you recruit other people to buy gifts and, and so on. Um a lot of the times these, these types of scams collect your personal information as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's only people on top that, that profit, right? So it's uh, typical pyramid schemes are, are legal in Canada. Uh, so just be aware of anything where it's sort of asking to pay it forward, right?
0: Right. So if, you, if they say to you, um, you have to buy a Lifesaver book for your Secret Santa and pass that up, avoid it. I just picked Lifesaver book because that's, you know. Christmassy. All right, um, let's go with prize notifications.
2: Yeah, so, so I mean, these are one of the age-old scams, you know, where you get a letter, or an email today, or a text message, or um, you know, any sort of notification claiming that you've you won millions of dollars or a fancy car. You know, um, you know, they'll ask to confirm your personal information. They'll 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 tell you a story about uh, you know what you know ask you about what you can do with your winnings and so on right so really trying to evoke that emotion uh, of elation in you that you that you've won get you off your game and not thinking straight and then eventually they're going to hit you with the request for cash in order to receive your prize you got to pay the taxes uh, shipping fees uh, you know uh, whatever the the fee might be they've got all kinds of excuses there again uh, but at the end of the day if you've won it's free you don't need to pay
0: one of the things that we talk about whenever we bring up um fraud and in Canada especially is the urgency of of the fraudster they will make it sound so urgent so i want to lean on uh this emergency scam that's going around and it is very popular during, during the holidays because everybody's thinking of their family
2: mhm yeah, and there's a variety of emergency scams. There's some that's happen over the phone that typically target seniors. You know, saying, "Hi, Grandma, I've been in a car accident. Can you help me out uh, and send the money right?" And again, it's, it's creating that situation of urgency and emergency uh, where you need to send money right away to help a, a loved one or family member. Uh, more recently, we've seen some email scams that are more targeted, almost like a, a spear phishing attack where it's look the email sender it looks like somebody you know, so it's a, an email of one of your friends and their email account's been compromised, and you know. Uh, hi Jeff, uh, my my email or uh, uh, you know I recently had a I was recently robbed. My house was broken into. They've stolen all my my wallets and my cards. It's close to Christmas, and I need money uh, to buy Christmas gifts for my kids. Can you go buy me some gift cards? Mm,
0: got it. And that is that brings us to the scam of gift cards. They're popular to be used uh, in a manner where. Uh, you know, if people want to scam you, they can ask you to pay them in gift cards. We uh, There was a story about it in, in Shoppers Drug Mart. I can't remember if it was like Port, Port Dover. It was a small town. This woman uh, who was at the checkout, working the checkout, there was this elderly woman buying $3,000 of Google Play gift cards. And she's like, what's this for? And she said, well, the, I have to buy it. The government says I have to pay them. And it's just like, no, 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 that's a scam. So she said, don't do that. And we're going to report it. But um, just be aware of things like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. so the extortion scams, the telephone extortion scams claim to be uh, Service Canada, CRA, uh, you owe back taxes, uh, you're implicated in some legal action, you need to do exactly what we're telling you, or else, right? So it's these sort of threatening and coercive messages that, you know, again, there's a sense of urgency, you need to do exactly what we're saying right away, uh, go out and buy some gift cards to settle this bill, to pay your back taxes, uh, whatever the story might be, again, no legitimate institution, business, or government agency is going to ask you to pay by gift cards
0: jeff let's wrap it up with the uh, 11 and 12 and we'll throw them right together because i i can't see how they're two different uh the 11 and 12 scams of christmas identity theft and identity fraud what's the diff
2: well identity theft is the acquisition of personal information the the stealing of the personal information so that's the that's the category of phishing that we talked about earlier where, where you're getting these messages asking you to provide your personal and financial information in a lot of cases today this is happening through uh, large scale data breaches that we've seen in the news in the past year right so the the criminals are finding all sorts of different ways to, to to capture your personal and financial information, which can be monetized. It's a commodity, to them that can be bought, sold, traded, and eventually used for other criminal purposes, such as identity fraud, right? So here's where we take your personal information and use it to open up new accounts, to apply for credit cards. Uh, to access existing accounts right so we're really encouraging people to you know one thing you can do is check your credit report once a year at least once a year to see if there's any unauthorized activity on your credit report Uh, make sure you are routinely checking your your statements your financial statements make sure you're getting your mail your credit card statements Uh, you're looking for any sort of unauthorized activity so you can react and report sooner than later
0: Jeff, I want to thank you for this. I think you're going to help out a lot of people and avoid uh, a lot of people falling into some traps over the holiday season with your 12 scams of Christmas. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thanks for getting the message, out.
0: All right, I want to welcome on to the show my friend Tyler Stewart, Bare Naked Ladies drummer and uh, alumni of Ryerson University for Radio and Television Arts. How you doing, Ty?
3: I'm good, thanks. You know, it still sounds funny to me to hear Ryerson University as opposed to Polytechnical,
0: Polytechnical Institute. Yes, Yes, I know. It was funny that we got our ba. It's a baa. <laughs>
3: yes, yes. Um, All right. That's uh, we sound like sheep. It's true. We were sheep. We we're just following the crowd of
0: polytechnites. I don't recall you ever being a sheep. I have to say. Um, okay,
1: that's
0: good. Let's talk about uh, some of the acquisitions uh, recently um, announced. One of them is Bob Dylan's entire catalog of songs. In 2015, Rolling Stone declared that Bob Dylan's Like a Rolling Stone was the best song ever written. And now it's owned by the Universal Music Publishing Group. Uh, There is no word on how much Bob Dylan sold his catalog of songs to them for, but I would assume it's a big chunk of change.
3: Uh, Well, they're saying perhaps as much as $300 million. Really? Really? Yeah, okay. I, just read, I just read that figure. I'm not, and that perhaps I need to fact check. But um,
0: do you think sold? that Bob Dylan's um, catalog would be worth uh, less than Michael Jackson's catalog? Because apparently Michael Jackson's estate sold the remaining half share that it owned in the catalog for 750 million U.S. four years ago.
3: Wow. Well, holy yeah. smokes. Well, I, I would say in terms of the cultural impact that uh, perhaps Bob Dylan's is more important uh, from a sort of, uh, uh, you know, archival point of view or an artistic point of view, whereas, you know, Michael Jackson's songs maybe are a little more commercially viable. They could be used in ads. They can be uh, used in films, et cetera, and uh, I think maybe that would account for the greater value. But Bob's selling his catalog for, you know, millions and millions of dollars. Let's just call it that. I think it's interesting because he's a guy who always held his publishing really close. Was really kind of anti anti anti-establishment, anti-man. You know, wanted to control everything. Still tours to this day because he has control of his of his songs in his career. For him to sell, especially at this point in his life, you know, where is that money going to go? He's not going to be around much longer. Like, and I say that with all respect, but he's an Mm. older man. Uh, you know, perhaps his family will receive, you know, large portions of that money, etc.
0: Well, Jacob uh, Dylan can't be touring either. So the Wallflower's kind of put on ice for a while. Maybe he needs some cash.
3: <laughs> well, you know, everybody across the board, that's, and that's the reason David Crosby, who also sold his catalog recently, that's the reason he gave, right? Like He said, yeah. I I, I got to eat. I got to feed. I got a mortgage. He said the word mortgage. Wow. Holy smokes. I don't feel so bad anymore.
0: Yeah, I have a quote from David Crosby, if I could, just for a sec, Ty. It says, I'm selling mine also. I can't work, and streaming stole my record money. I have a family and a mortgage that I have to take care of them, so it's my only option. I'm sure that others feel the same. And now his, when you talk about Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, his catalog, like he wrote Wooden Ships. One of my favorite songs, actually. I think it's a great song, but his songs were not, you know, like Love the One You're With or Our House. They just didn't have that. Um, radio cachet, you know, they were deep cuts, so they wouldn't be worth as much. But I I find it hard to believe David Crosby, you know, because he can't tour, is just selling off his works. Do you think that has anything to do with why Dylan decided to sell off, you know, his catalog?
3: Well, uh, with no end to the pandemic in sight, except for the hope for the vaccine, which is sort of floating out there right now, I can't blame them if that is an actual reason. Uh, the other reason might just be a simply an infusion of cash for whatever reason. Uh, you know, David Crosby, uh, history of drug problems, perhaps yep. that's where a lot of his money went. Um, the uh, the fact that he's sort of the depth member of the band, I can relate to that a little bit because I don't really write songs with Naked Ladies. So the songwriters tend to get a little more money because, uh, you know, they, they get the publishing deals, etc. Now, bands are equitable. Or they should be, and you know, we split things, and it's great. But with with Crosby, I, I think you're right. You're you're correct, Kel. He's the guy who probably would gain the most from selling off his songs. I think it's interesting that there's such a market for songs right now. Uh, well, I wonder. I wonder what that is.
0: Do you know what I think it is? And you know, this is just based on my observation. I think it's because they're using um, recognizable songs. A lot of them in your streaming services in um, for like music montages and stuff. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Like have they have has the Bare Ladies, and I don't know if you're at liberty to say this, have you been approached by a lot of shows to use tunes? I mean, beyond the Big Bang theory, which we know that was like a gift from the heavens.
3: Yes, it was indeed. Um you know, we do get approached uh quite often for for, you know, to contribute songs to to projects, whether they be films or or TV shows or ads even. I'm seeing a lot more songs and ads now. It used to be really uncool for rock bands to have their music in in commercials, right? It wasn't, uh, it was, you know, it was kind of frowned upon. It seemed tacky. But now it's like, well, since we're not selling any records, uh, it sure is nice to get some income. And that is valuable. And also video games. That's one of the the biggest uh, money earners for songwriters nowadays. So I, I guess maybe that helps explain why you know, the larger music companies are want to acquire rights to these songs so they can use them in any shape or fashion that they want. What Bob yeah. Dylan is saying, what Bob Dylan is essentially saying is, okay, guys, I've had a good run. You guys run with it. I don't care if you're going to sell popsicles with, you know, blown in the wind. I was ahead. just
0: thinking you know? it's going to be laundry detergent with blown in the wind <laughs> yeah, hanging on right. the line, and I'm going to vomit fine. when I see it. <laughs>
3: That's why you could have had a career in advertising, Kel, right there. Oh,
0: man. It's just, it's it makes me sad. It hurts my heart a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I don't like seeing things become commercialized, but I guess it is an inevitable. Um, let's move on to what you guys are doing to make some cash and, and also to, to please your fans over the holiday season. You know, I will say this, and it's not just because you're my friend. Your, uh, the Bare Naked Ladies Christmas album is one of my go-to Christmas albums now. And you know that when we were hanging out at Ryerson, it was Charlie Brown Christmas. It still is. I mean, we all yeah. love that, that Vince Giraldi, uh, offering, but that along with some Ella Fitzgerald and some Frank Sinatra and, uh, some other little, uh, little kitschy things. The Bare Naked Ladies album is features prominently when I listen to Christmas music. So you guys are getting in the holiday spirit.
3: Well, thank you, Kelly. Well, we made a useful record. We like it when our albums, you know, we made a kid's record that, uh, you know, was good for parents as well. And so that, that came in handy. Our Christmas record, which came out in 2004 now, 16 long years ago, uh, "Bare Naked for the holidays, still a favorite of ours as well. Um, We had a great time making it. It's kind of short and sweet, even though there's a lot of songs on it. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of content on there, a lot of varied content. So we decided this year, why not dust it off? And, uh, you know, because 2020 sucked so badly that we thought perhaps there's a way of salvaging, you know, the end of the year for us. We get together and play and shoot a a, a television or sort of web special, Mm -hmm. a broadcast special. And, uh, you know, dust those songs off and have a good time doing it. And also I got to, uh, you know, flex a little bit of my comedy writing chops again you know, it's been a while since we were in Riot together at Ryerson, but, uh, you know, there's a few sketches that we're, we're going to do as well. And uh, we had such a great time, you know, coming up with this thing, and we can't wait for people to see it on December 18th.
0: Yeah, you're not only a very good drummer, you're absurdly funny, so I can't wait to see that. Um with the, the, the comedy special and uh, being mixed with music, did you find it hard to get back into that, that swing of writing? Because you said you don't write a lot of music for the Bare Naked Ladies.
3: Well, the thing is, with, with our band, we're such a, a collaborative unit. I mean, you know, truly, and especially if you've seen our live shows, we have a lot of spontaneous, like, instant improvisation comedy. And mm-hmm. that that always works. But to actually write to script something was a little bit interesting for me because I was like wow am I making these guys sound like they don't really sound or is this too far fetched or corny but luckily everybody in the whole organization is really down with uh was really really embraced the fact that I was you know trying to write funny stuff for them and I think we ended up with some really uh (laughs) silly yet funny sketches so we're You know, we'll see. I I mean, you know, we could get roasted and say, oh, my God, Tyler, you know, stick to the drums.
0: No, I doubt it. I know that I know that that's not going to happen because I also know that you're a funny guy, but you're also, you know, a quality guy. You're going to look at it and go, no, that's not happening. We're not doing that because you do have a brand to represent. And I mean, you guys are goofy. And you're fun, but if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I think that you're professional enough to see that it w- wouldn't work and you'd throw it out. Um, But that said, how do people find the Bare Naked Ladies, uh the Bare Naked for the Holidays special? And I think I want you to also speak to the importance of supporting your favorite bands. Because, you know, y- this is not going to be a freebie like you've been doing uh, throughout the pandemic. This one you're going to have to pay a little bit of money for. But keep in mind... You guys had to cancel tours. You don't know when yeah. you're going to be able to tour again. Albums with streaming services, they're just not making the same amount of money. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a tough time for bands. So it is important when they ask you to, you know, ho- hopefully invest in them, that you're going to support them financially as well during this time, right?
3: I feel like we're on a PBS uh, fundraising drive here, Gal. Could you just go get your parents and bring them in front of the television for us? You
0: can Listen, just the first ball. five callers will get a free tote bag. <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay, so our show on and some February, sweaty balls, not February, uh, December, and some sweaty balls. Yes, December eighteenth at nine p.m. Uh, sessionslive.ca/slash/bare-naked ladies for the low, low price of fifteen dollars. You know, okay, that's fifteen bucks. That's how you can support us uh, for our and also enjoy some quality Christmas entertainment. You know, get a, get yourself a nice glass of eggnog. Mm-hmm. Uh, open up your computer, perhaps stream it till your television set. Yeah, the whole uh, yeah, so the whole family can enjoy and uh, you know enjoy uh, bare naked. Ladies, a very virtual Christmas we're calling it.
0: Is that what you're calling it? Not bare naked for the holidays. That's the name well, of the album. Yeah,
3: now you know, oh. a very virtual Christmas. Unfortunately, you know, they're telling us not to get together at this time of year. It's, mm-hmm. it's most, it's the most wonderful time of the year. To quote Mr. Mathis. And it's uh, it's unfortunate that we're all being encouraged to stay away from each other. So, if you know within your house, you can you can bring us in. You can you can hang out with us on, on your screen, and uh, hopefully, we'll bring you some smiles and and uh, some toe tapping tunes to get you through the holiday season. Are
0: you going to do any covers, or is it all uh, Bare Naked Ladies holiday music?
3: Well, you got to do some covers, eh? Like, can you, can, you do you know, the
0: Hawaiian Christmas song?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. is
1: the thing we say that mm,
3: yeah. one
0: come on you gotta hook it up
3: I was surprised with Bing Crosby's just mastery of the Hawaiian language that's amazing
0: I know there's no way you can <laughs> sing it properly without it being on because I wouldn't <laughs> yeah, even true. try to to hazard a guess at what he is saying right now but when it's on I know the lyrics perfectly
3: <laughs> good old Bing uh, the the main thing is this Christmas I think is for everybody to take a breather and uh, try not to, uh, you know, try not to be upset about what you're, what you don't have, if your family can't be there, et cetera, but just kind of celebrate what you do have. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, that, that's sort of our, that was our message to each other when we were, you know, getting together to make this thing. Is it like, Hey, we actually get to hang out. We get to play music. It felt normal. It's like this set where we're rehearsing, we're getting these songs. It feels like an actual, like real Thing that we haven't been apart for months because we've been sequestered. It felt just lovely to get together and, and play music again, and I, I certainly feel very grateful for the opportunity to still do that.
0: Yeah, well, concert specials are doing really well during this pandemic, and you know, uh, one of the things you, you mentioned is you can stream it, stream it to your television set. A lot of us have smart TVs. A lot of us have you know Apple mirroring. You can stream it up there, uh, set it up, and and for fifteen bucks, the whole household can get into the holiday spirit. And that's really, I mean, pff, that's less than a pizza. I bought a pizza for less than that the other day, and it wasn't a good one.
3: Yeah. Well, it's like all pizzas okay, right? Even bad pizza's okay.
0: Yeah, mm, this one was pretty bad, Ty. <laughs> all right, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for uh, saving my, uh, my segment here. I always appreciate having you on the show.
3: No problem, Kel. Uh, ho- uh, happy holidays to you and yours. And uh, all t- to all the uh, 640 listeners out there, what a pleasure to come on here every so often and get to yap at you. Ya. So thank the- you. Merry Christmas, everybody.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast of The Kelly Cotrera Show. Don't forget to tell your friends that we do this. You can hit subscribe, make your life easier. And you can listen to us live Monday through Friday between nine and noon on 640 Toronto. Have a great day.